This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, Chase Kitty is the host of the Lion's Edge podcast from BetMGM. And let's let's just look big picture first, Chase. Uh, you know, We went through some of the games we like for Week 13, the Lions. Again, yeah, there's a lot of different ways you could look at it, right? I mean... To me, the two games that intrigue me the most are what the Browns and Deshaun Watson look like in Houston. I think there's a lot of emotion involved around that, which could give Houston an opportunity to cover the touchdown in that. Then there's also Kansas City at Cincinnati, where Kansas City is a two-and-a-half-point road favorite. What games do you look at right now and just say, oh, that that's one of my favorites on the slate? Well, as usual, PJ and I are kind of in lockstep without even comparing notes, really. I love the Houston spot. You know, I, I I talk every week about how I'm a marketplace better, and I like to look at line movement, and I, I like to look at you know pro Joe spots and and ticket handle splits, and and all of that's true. They're, they're the metrics that I think make you a long term winner over time. But every once in a while, you see a spot where you're like, no, I want to bet the football side of that game, and I look at that Browns Texans game and how the only thing the Tex can the Texans can really competently do on offense is run the football power football Damian Pierce like that's their one bright spot on that team offensively and what are the Cleveland Browns really bad at PFF has them as the 31st ranked run defense in the NFL I think the Texans can shorten that game by running the ball I think they can find success on the ground and I I think PJ nailed it in the last segment you take Texans plus the seven and you take a, a, a little dart throw on the outright win for Houston at plus 260, it's exactly how I'm playing it. Love that, Chase. And you know what? You take that Long Island plus 33 you have tonight. <laughs> They're currently, Chase, are down 30 right now with 40 seconds to go, so hopefully you can hang on. And uh, maybe you put it on the Jets plus three against Minnesota. I like the Jets quite a bit this week, too. I think it's a tough spot for Minnesota, Chase. Think about the Vikings. They played Buffalo. Then they had to get up for the Cowboys game, even though they didn't play well. Then you have Thanksgiving against the Patriots. I know it's 1 o'clock, Kirk Cousins. We just talked about, though, how the Texans will be able to run on the Browns. Justin Jefferson's pretty much unguardable, but if there's one guy that can contain him, it's Sauce Gardner. So it feels like a good matchup for the Jets and a good spot to fade the Vikings. What are your thoughts on this game? Well, you're spot on with uh, knowing that I'm pulling double duty right now, watching LIU try to close this cover <laughs> there out. There you go. You know it's college basketball season when you're watching a 30-point blowout between St. John's and a, you know, a New York school whose best hope is to be a 16th seed in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I think how you handicap Mike White is the key to the game. And I remember last year Mike White came in at some point around this part of the season, and he played a couple of games. And the first game he showed up, I think I even hosted a, a, like a Twitter space for BetMGM before the game or something. It might have been Monday Night Football. And I was saying, you know, these backup quarterbacks, like make fun of Mike White all you want, but they come in and there's not a lot of tape on them and they're just, they're just asked to do enough to win. And Mike White wins that game. But then he plays three or four more games 
and every game is less and less effective. And I wonder if we're going to see something like that here over the next few weeks where he looked awesome last weekend, all right? But every successive week where teams have the ability to watch his tape and scheme things up defensively more and more, he's going to become a more and more average player is my suspicion. So I think you're going to have opportunities to bet against the Jets over the next couple of weeks. I think that can be a little intimidating because of how offensively powerful it seems they are when they've got everything going right. They're just a nice, balanced team with talent spread around the roster. So it it can be a little nerve-wracking, and for that reason, I think the best option is maybe just to stay away from that spot. But to me, it feels like the – the you can get ahead of the market, I guess, is what I'm trying to say by looking for spots to fade the Jets. Maybe that makes you think about Minnesota. Yeah, and the Jets roommates at MetLife are the Giants, who are two-and-a-half-point home dogs to my Washington commanders, who suddenly now have a little respect around the NFL, and it feels good. It's a personal thing for me, and I try not to bet too much emotionally with any of my teams, most unless I'm fading the commanders. Normally, that was the case. It's a weird situation for me to be in right now, Chase, to see the commanders on the road against the 7-4 and four Giants team and be a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, I, I totally get that. Like, I'm down here in Richmond, so, you know, I, I'm not in D.C. I'm not in Maryland like you guys. But when you're down here in this part of Virginia, you're basically in commander's land anyway. It's not that different from being in D.C. And the fervor is, is ubiquitous, really. But I, I, I keep waiting for the Taylor Heineke stuff to end. I keep waiting for the regression to come. I bet against the commanders last weekend. I flirted pretty heavily with betting against them when they went to Houston. It, it just hasn't happened yet, and I'm, I'm kind of tired of losing my money waiting for it to end. So I think, I think the spot is, is to lean toward Washington. I would bet the commanders in the spot if I was going to bet it. That's mostly because I believe in the Giants even less than I believe in the commanders, which is always an interesting spot to be in. It's, it's more of a play against the Giants than a play on the commanders. But I, I think I'm with you. I think I lean toward your, your squad. Chase, couple of NFL games this week where the spreads are uh, minus one, pretty much pick 'em type games. You have the Steelers at the Falcons, and you have the Jags at the Lions. Between those two games, if you had to choose one to make a wager, what would you take? Uh, I can I take Detroit against the Jags, like straight up? Yeah, can, sure. Can I have that side? Absolutely. I, I think I, I think we have really like shot our wad kind of early on the Jags. Like, the, the, the Ravens' win was nice, but I think you and I were talking last week, PJ, about how, like, boy, this number's kind of weird that it's Jags four and not Jags six, and then yeah. it goes down to three and a half. And I, I think that was foreseeable as a spot where maybe the Ravens were going to have some trouble. I think they have some problems defensively. We've kind of said that all year. Um, so I, I'm not ready to lionize the Jaguars, I, I guess, no pun intended, uh, <laughs> just because they got a nice win. Like, it's a long season, and sometimes teams lose head-scratching games, especially flawed teams like the Ravens. So I, I feel like the hype train is getting kind of out of control this week on Jacksonville. Now now we're getting the Lions as sort of a short home dog from what I've seen, uh, the, the numbers out there. And the, Detroit's played really well the last month. You look at their last five games. They won three outright as dogs. The other two, they played really good teams, playoff teams, Buffalo and Miami. They were one-score games. So I think Detroit, at least for how they're playing right now, clearly the better team here. They're playing at home. I like them to win outright, and I don't really have to lay any points, which I don't want to because it's Detroit. 
Talking to Chase Kitty here on BetMGM tonight. I'm looking at the Dolphins, four-point uh, dogs on the road at the 49ers this weekend. I mean, the Dolphins are obviously one of the surprises of the NFL this season. I don't think there's any question. Tua Tagovailoa has looked like an actual legit quarterback. When he still has missed some games. He's been on, you know, missed time because he's gotten hurt. We expect that to happen. But in reality, the Dolphins are a great story. They're fun to watch this year. Their offense is absolutely incredible. I look at them right now with the six best odds, 12 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. I know we still got a lot of regular season to go, but looking at the futures market there, if they were to go in to Santa Clara and beat the 49ers, not just cover, but go in and actually win outright in that game, how much could we expect those odds to shorten for them to win the Super Bowl? And look, is there any value with them at 12-1 to 1 right now to say, eh, it's kind of been a wide-open NFL season, who knows? Well, I think just on the rules of the market, if you like them, you bet them now before they go to San Francisco yep. for exactly the scenario you've laid out. Like if, if they go to San Francisco and win, the odds are going to shorten because people are going to bet them. That's just how it works. So that, that doesn't mean if they go to San Francisco, they're going to win the Super Bowl. doesn't mean if they go to San Francisco and lose, then they can't win the Super Bowl. But just the, the ebbs and flows of the market and how people bet, that number is going to go in the wrong direction if you want to bet Miami. So I'm guessing people that like Miami probably already have the ticket. I think the two and on people are out in force. They make their, their feelings known about the, the fate of the Dolphins this year. I think it's a legit bet. I think they remind me a lot of, of what the Bengals kind of looked like down the stretch last year. So I think even if you're not necessarily betting on the Dolphins to win, let me, let me rephrase, even if you're not necessarily expecting the Dolphins to win, holding a ticket on the Dolphins to win the Super Bowl, or I would say maybe maybe more uh, appropriately to win the AFC, gives you hedge spots down the road. Uh, but, I mean, I, th- I think in terms of how open the AFC is, like beyond the Chiefs and maybe the Bills, like somebody's going to compete there and be in the mix, and it might as well be Miami. Yeah, Miami's offense looks really, really good right now. Chase, I want to talk to you about championship weekend over in college football. We just had the release of the playoff rankings. I just want to get your thoughts. We know Georgia and Michigan, they're safe. Even if they lose, they're going to be in. USC has to win to get in. TCU is really the interesting team. Do you think it depends on the type of game that they play? If they lose a three-point game, do they still get in? Or do you think if they lose it all, they're going to be out? And obviously, if if they win, then they're going to remain in the playoff. Well, I think it totally depends on what you think of the Big 12 and what the committee thinks of the Big 12. I'm a Big 12 guy, so I'm not unbiased here. But I think when you look at the depth of the Big 12, 1 through 10, there were no easy outs. Zero easy outs in that conference this year. There was no Kansas this year. Kansas is a bull team. So I really think for them to be undefeated going into the Big 12 game is pretty impressive. I think personally, if you go into the Big 12 championship game against a really good Kansas State team you've already beaten once, and you're playing at a technically neutral site, although the game is in Arlington, Fort Worth and Arlington, it's kind of like driving from D.C. to Fredericksburg. Like It's going to be a mostly TCU home crowd. But if you lose that game and you're a one-loss team, you're 12-1 and with a good loss, the reason the committee would punish them is because historically speaking, it matters when you lose, but that's a stupid reason. If you're, if you're grading one loss teams against each other, it should be about overall record and like the strengths of your record and, and what your loss means in context. Now I don't think they're going to do any of that. And I think historically the committee doesn't really value the big 12, maybe the way I think they should, but 
I think TCU would be in trouble. And that's kind of what I've said all year is that if TCU wants to feel comfortable, even if it's not fair, they need to be 13-0 and with the Big 12 championship at the end of the year. And not for nothing, I've got a 14-1 TCU to win the Big 12 ticket, so I would like them to be 13-0 and as well. Ooh. There right. you go. You yeah. going to hedge on that at all? Uh, I mean, I think I have to. Yeah, right? I, like, I think so. Let under so. three-point spread, you kind of got to hedge just yeah. on, on the path. <laughs> Uh, USC is also a three-point favorite up against Utah this weekend. I Look, I, I think we all knew there was certainly going to be a level of hype around USC given Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams and all of the free agents, essentially, that they got you know, in the in the offseason. But you know, as of right now, the way the college football playoff rankings sit, uh, it would be USC against Georgia. USC, we know their defense is a liability, but their offense is really spectacular. Would you give them any shot against a team like Georgia, or would this be a one-and-done? Obviously, they need to get through Utah first. I think we've got enough history with, with Lincoln Riley and those Oklahoma teams to know they are offensively gifted. Uh, they, they will continue to look impressive throughout the regular season, especially on offense, game in, game out, week in, week out. And then they go play an SEC team that's really good and they, it's kind of not competitive. I mean, that's what we've seen in the past. I think this USC team, in terms of just you know, the compilation of talent they've assembled is probably less talented than some of those Oklahoma teams that went to the playoff. So I wouldn't expect a, a really competitive game. I think the much more interesting thing in terms of handicap at USC is actually this weekend against Utah because everybody and their mother wants to buy a USC ticket right now. And the books opened that USC-Utah game in Las Vegas at USC minus one. They were begging for Trojans action and, and now the number is three which is still kind of begging for Trojans action it's like 80 percent of the tickets on USC that seems like a Utah spot from everything I know about betting when you're just begging people to bet the other side but I am not keen to stand in front of that USC offense right now especially in a revenge spot neutral site so it's going to be a fun watch but i am really fascinated by how the the game has been priced by the sports books all right he's chase kitty make sure you check out the lion's edge podcast from bet mgm appreciate the time man thanks for coming on anytime guys thanks chase yeah i'm i'm really fascinated to see i know i'm, I'm looking ahead with usc but i just again that that's more of a storyline based situation but they've lived up to the hype at least offensively this oh, year yeah if they go in and they they beat utah I mean that team's in the college football playoff, hundred percent. And if it's still, if they're still, if the rankings look the same when it's all said and done, their offense up against Georgia's defense is going to be a spectacular matchup to see who comes through. It is real quick. Do you think TCU gets in even with a loss? Do no. you think it depends on? You think they're out with a loss? I think they're out with a loss because you know how this always works. Like I know Cincinnati kind of changed the narrative, right? But there's always though then you can squeeze Ohio State back in, or you can squeeze your Alabama back in. Like it just it, this it's not. It, they may deserve to be in, but that doesn't mean that that's actually the way that it's going to work out. 